0: I always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada and I watched him hit the golf ball. Hello and welcome to this, name, to this
1: week's edition of the Bacchella Golf Podcast. Podcast. My name is
2: Lawrence Stornigan and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Mr. Jeff Shackleford. Shack, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, Lawrence, I'm I'm fantastic. It's a little chilly. We would have been just now finishing the Genesis Open. I think it would have taken about two weeks to finish with our, our horrible weather. And, uh, you know, I just got through... Shrinking, shrinkage, shrinkage. Is that, that? It's a. It's an Apple TV show. It's not about field size on the PGA Tour. It's. It's a wonderful <laughs> sitcom with Harrison Ford, and uh, Jason Segal and a fantastic cast. Very funny show, but it's. Um... Yeah, it's not about uh, the the hot topic of the moment. Uh, the uh,
1: yeah, we're on a really hot uh, new show about uh, an American president. You've probably even heard of it, The West Wing. Have you heard that one? Oh wow, you're really uh, <laughs> going deep into the archives there. How
2: does it hold up?
1: It's uh, well, yeah, yeah. Given this the kind of cynicism of the modern era uh, mm. and the debasement of politics, pro- probably not as
2: well as it did. Maybe yeah. for, uh, pre- I'm more of a. I'm more of a. I like Sorkin's movie writing. Uh, I love American President. I know it's a little yep. cheesy too, but I, I don't. I don't like his TV writing. It's too preachy. I like his mo- I think his film writing is brilliant.
1: Very, very quickly though, Sorkin bailed out of The West Wing after th- uh, series three, and it really oh. it, and and four, five, six, and seven were all. I don't. know There was a kind of a it was a, a rotating cast of writers, but Sorkin. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, so. The, the first I, I, yeah I, I don't mean to knock him too much but you know what i mean it's just they, these people give these speeches that don't happen in real life uh, well that's right yeah, yeah well that's TV. all Well, yeah. Yeah, anyway here listen uh, we'll crack up we'll crack on
1: uh very very <laughs> let's really truncate this one uh, oh, yeah. m- uh, no hang on mckellarmagazine.com please go there and buy something jeff you've got a new book Coming out soon, uh, people can look
2: up. Anyway, we'll move on. There you go. Good, <laughs> That's tight plug there. Nice work.
1: Right, okay. Uh, listen, uh, we came on this morning. A good friend, Mr. Eamon Lynch, broke uh, the story, I guess, giving credit on golfweek.com, uh, that the the commissioner uh, has sent out a letter uh, to the players uh, outlining next year's um, PG Tour schedule. Not exactly, obviously, but you know, what it will consist of. Uh, Very quickly, Jeff, I'll I'll give you the... You know the details, but I'll give the listeners the details in case they don't know. Um, 16 of these designated events, elevated purses, etc. Limited field between 70 and 80 players in each tournament. Uh, This is a big controversy. Well, I guess it will be over the next few days. Uh, No cut. Uh, That might sound familiar to you, Jeff. You ever heard of the World Golf Championships? Yeah, it sounds like a worse version of those. Yes. So there will be 16 designated events uh, throughout the season. And there will be an, uh, an, an as yet undetermined or unannounced number of full field events. Um, the the uh, qualification for these designated events uh, is the top 50 from last year's FedEx Cup rankings, the top 10 from the FedEx Cup rankings of the current season. There will be five players who will play their way into these designated events from the full field events. Uh, so therefore, what we've come to know is the PGA Tour is now actually the second tier tour. <laughs> we now have yeah. T- yeah. So the PGA Tour is now a two-tier tour, and which makes you wonder about the Corn Ferry Tour. We'll come on to that. Um, not a well, one concession to me. It looks like you probably have a, a more nuanced and intelligent um, interpretation. Concession to the European Tour. What's that thing called? The European Tour and the PGA Tour.
2: What is it? Uh, Strategic. The operational joint venture partnership. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's gone
1: in the uh, that's in the trash. The
2: OJVP is uh, in the <laughs> trash dump, dumpster behind the uh, right out there by the players' clubhouse uh, by the media center.
1: Yeah, uh, mm. the so the one concession I guess we could call it the John Ram concession is that there will be no mandatory participation in these uh, these designated. It's just So unbelievable. However, players will be incentivized uh, to play as, as many of these designated events uh, as mm. possible. They will be incentivized by more money, uh, I guess. Um, one more last thing: uh, we should maybe have a a two second uh, moment of silence for uh, the PIP. Uh, it hasn't quite gone Jeff, but it's gone down from a hundred million to fifty million. Mm. Um, how are these guys going
2: to survive is my um, first question. Your first question? Wow, how are they going to survive? I guess you know. I just want to step back, Lawrence, and I, I first. I, I just I've heard all this marketing stuff about how these are. The 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 most gritty, toughest, most athletic, incredible golfers in the history of the game, and they can't handle a cut. I just I'm I'm still not past that part. That that's like the thing that just gives them the willies in life. But, um, I mean, where do you where do you I don't well, even know where to start. This well, is, it's just, well, just mind bogglingly awful. Well, let me
1: uh, well, what do you think? Uh, any pro- well, let's start with the pros. we has always been accused of being
2: slightly negative. I mean, is there any pros to this? None. No. Zero. Zilch. <laughs> How's that for an answer? None. I mean, I, you had a concept called the World Golf Championships. Let's just look at it from the financial perspective. It was well known that that concept was down to a, being able to be sponsored by a dozen companies in the United States. Uh, and now we are going to play the final one uh, this month because we're now in March. And then it is dead. It will have died because it did not work from a sustainable sponsor perspective. So, why would this new concept, which is an even more watered down, less worldly, it's bringing in yep. even fewer opportunities from somebody around the world to be a sponsor, you know, a brand that wants to grow their name, maybe overseas, uh, and they want to become better known in the United States. They're out. I, I, it just the whole thing, because, of course, this is just very PGA Tour centric. And and so the European Tour, DP World Tours, out. So just from the financial perspective, this is not sustainable uh, unless you're just draining money from other things. And that's probably what's happening. So just that alone. Okay? The, uh, I, w-
1: well, there was four uh, WGCs a year. And now we have basically 16 uh, that won't be traveling around. So you, you make a very good point. I think that. You know, if the business model for four WGCs didn't work, then it's hard to believe that, that, that it'll work for 16. Mm. Uh, really. Uh,
2: or, or look at it this way. Uh, now, you know, Genesis here in Los Angeles is pumping money into that event. And God bless them. But most sponsors have a budget. And if more money is going to purses or backdoor baloney to get guys there, what gets deprived the build out of the tournament, the marketing of the tournament, um, the things that all the little stuff that goes in to the surrounding, uh, I'm going to say the word ecosystem of a, of a tour event. I, I just, I don't grasp, I, I would get it if we were looking at a, at a, at a group of players, if we were looking at Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, Bobby Jones, this is a group of players right now that just happens to be in the right place at the right time. The ratings just showed from the Honda classic. Yeah. A few more people watched Riviera because there were stars and Tiger, but it, it was the audience dropped off by, you know, whatever, 800,000. Um, they, are the star obsession here and building this new system around a group of stars that are not really stars, it's just mind-boggling to me five years from now most of the guys who are discussing this and voting on this and who this is catering to will be gone they'll be gone. yeah uh,
1: there is a, I guess or we'll- they'll
2: be or they'll be kind of a, you know like Jason Day is right now you know five years ago he was a world beater. he's coming back and I'm very excited that he's found something but my point is the combination of money injury, uh, sustainability of a career, shorter careers. You're building something around the opinions of some people who won't be around. The, That's uh, weird.
1: Uh, the, well, a couple of players have come out uh, on the Wednesday at Bay Hill. Uh, Rory's obviously the, the he's uh, the brains behind the operation. His. Um, his reasoning and his support for it is based on, I guess I should just re- read this quote to you. Uh, yeah. You, you ask MasterCard or whoever is uh, paying 20 million for a, a golf event, they want to see the stars at the weekend. They want a guarantee that the stars are there. Uh, at the end of the day, we're selling a product to people. The more clarity they have on that product and knowing what they're buying, that is really important. I, I, mean, I, I think Rory's point is that uh, if there's a cut there, um, then you're missing out on the chance. When, I don't know when the last time Rory missed a cut or John ram missed a cut or Scott Scheffler missed a cut. Um, it seems I've kind of... I mean, if that's the strongest argument they've got for it, that you want to ensure that the stars are around for, at the weekend, that, that doesn't strike me as a terribly... I mean, that's a... Yeah, it doesn't strike me as a ter- 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 terribly strong supporting argument.
2: Well, you understand why, yes, in an ideal world, every sponsor would love to have the top five players in the world at the top of their leaderboard on the weekend and going at it. It doesn't work that way. And as we, we have a chat with Jamie Corgan coming down later in the show, we touched on this already, but when you, you take away a cut, you get live. You get an event that's flat. We, it's been proven. The WGC showed it. They they there was a there was an element missing without that edge and that cut and what just also boggles the mind um, as we've just watched a, get another sensational West Coast swing first event in Florida so just think about this we had Nick Taylor make a life changing check nice player you know but was in the 200s in the world he gets in contention almost wins Phoenix great moment, great addition to that leaderboard added something different. and then when we'll look what happened last week where we have we had Chris Kirk anxiety, depression, alcoholism issues he comes back he's playing against a guy who's got two parents who were great players. he's a 34 year old rookie, a guy who Monday qualified finishes in the top five again, I'm gonna give you the exact number at some point, but the rating did not was not significantly lower than a lot of events and so, my point is the things and that go into a classic golf tournament, qualifying, some sponsors' invitations, a full field, a cut, it works for a reason. It, there are elements to it that are intangibles, and when you have a bunch of marketing people running the show— and then players who are just believing all the promos that, that are about them and, and just sucking up that and just becoming so, be, really truly believing that nobody ever played the game before them, apparently, um, you it's a toxic combination. They just have lost complete sight of what builds a tournament, what what all the little nuances and and these things, and I'm, I understand they're not tangible. You can't actually quantify what, Eric Cole, contending in that event, did for the Honda. Uh, you can't quantify Chris Kirk's wonderful story, or you can in that, yes, Golf Geeks loved it, but again, we're just obsessed with trying to get a bigger audience or whatever the hell it is. And by the way, almost every tour player on the street and I uh, can, walk, can walk down the street without their logos on on a busy street in New York, on a busy street in LA, and nobody would have a clue who they are. So the idea that they, you know, they think they're this amazing draw, it's just completely irrational. The uh, the other quote I saw this
1: morning was from Max Homer. Again, the details are slightly hazy, but it wasn't so long ago that Max Homer was uh, having a hold an eight foot putt to to retain his the right. tour guard, and there he is today supporting this idea of a, a, a an elite. And a, a tour within a tour, uh, with very little. Uh, again, there is some access through the full field events into these designated events, but it's, it's a pretty small window. And Max Homer is uh, saying this is a great thing, and his um, his rationale for this is that because uh, we only ever had two great tiger and full uh, matchups. Uh, over the years, of however many, however many years they played against each other, look. Part of the reason that we didn't see a lot of Phil and Tiger together is because the, T- the PGA Tour kept them apart. Tiger would always be in the morning wave, and Phil would be in the afternoon right. wave. That's right. So, uh, you know that. I mean, if that's Max's problem, you should speak to the PGA Tour because they were the ones that did it. And the idea that you know, well they didn't play together on Saturday or Sunday. Well, then if that's your problem, fix the draw. Just yeah. put just put them together.
2: You know, why would you? They t- used to do that in tournament golf, right? So, yeah, um, if it's that important to see them playing together, then you're right. Just <laughs> fix the tee times. Um, so,
1: I, again, it seems very uh, the one great uh, people can go and find us. I'm sure you've read it by now. The one morning's <laughs> <laughs> letter to the players. Uh, uh, the last paragraph of the letter, I think, st- to give, kind of uh, lays out the roadmap for the next uh, seven to ten days. Uh, Changes of this magnitude. This is a quote. Changes of this magnitude certainly require additional conversation and context. To that end, I will convene a player meeting next week at the Players Championship on Tuesday at seven thirty a.m. I-
2: can,
1: oh. you, can you, can, well, so yeah,
2: 30 a.m. I didn't see the a.m. part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That is a way to make people not show up. But can,
1: can you translate that? You know, can you lay it? What does that actually mean? In, in I, real I feel
2: like that's Jay uh, realizing that this is not going to go over well with the membership and that there will be some smart guys in the room who are. Yes, there will be some who are just just you know, the, 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 the 100 to 125s uh who will complain but there's are undoubtedly going to be some there some some smart folks who who are pointing out the, the things we we know that there is a beauty in in the model i mean they have just they are validating Liv's l- structure they are saying liv is correct and that is just the, the the underlying thing here and that's all one player has to do is get up and say that and explain that it's like you guys are just you're endorsing what Liv is saying about your your or our product, if I'm a player, uh, and one would hope that would actually register with some of these people, but I don't think it will. Um, you are no longer really other than 72 holes different from Liv with these events, and uh, then you get into which sponsors, and holy cow. Um, which ones are going to have to pony up more? Is this going to be like a free for all, a bidding thing? The ones who are willing to pay more will get designated. Uh, by the way, uh, Lawrence, designated event model—all three words capitalized. So the DEM in the uh, in the tour acronym uh, collection. <laughs> These are Dems. They're Dems. Oh, oh no. <laughs> wait, till, wait till the players. Oh my lord! I just realized that. Holy cow! Just just the first time that Jay accidentally calls the Dems. These, Hang on. these events are Dems, It's over. It'll be changed next <laughs> to uh, great opportunities um, for players. Uh, the oh. F will
1: be silent and it'll be GOP, so that'll be fine. <laughs> they'll be they'll be fine with that. Actually, a really good point, Jeff. It really is just live golf. I mean that it is. That, that is. I mean, what of the uh, what's different? Seventy-two holes, I guess. Uh, no shotgun start, but you know, sixteen. 16 you know closed events essentially uh, no cut i really i fail to see what the the difference is again another it's not obviously not a triumph for live but the, yeah right they have uh, the pga tour has basically put its hands up and said yeah you, you guys you were right our product previously w- wasn't you know was, wasn't crap but obviously wasn't quite quite right uh, and yeah. the one thing uh, do you think they'll be able to to drum up 16 you know very very significant sponsors
2: I don't know. And so they're going to keep funneling money from this, wherever they're finding it and from their television contract money um, to, to do this. And by the way, that all, all opens up another element. They it's it, you better you're going to better find a balance because this year CBS is getting a way better end of the deal well, on, it the, really is, yeah. on the uh, on the Dems, on the designated event model events. And NBC's getting screwed. So you know, you have that component too where you've got to balance it out and and then figure out where it works with the players' schedules. And it's just – it's just the, when you put it all together, you just feel like they're making it up as they go and they are uh, really kowtowing to, to players and their egos. And then you just have people – you just don't have enough people in the room who are either sports fans or have some ability to explain – Separate of numbers and other stuff, these these intangibles that once you take them away, um, you lose something. You know, I in my newsletter for Thursday, I was going to mock this uh, this little line that uh, front office sports wrote a piece about kind of lives problems and different things. And Lawrence, they wrote, for the PGA of America, Augusta National, the USGA, and the RNA, uh, the reasoning, and this, the reasoning being why they're allowing Live players uh, to play, uh, is obvious. The four majors are currently the only tournaments featuring the top players from both the PGA Tour and live golf, creating a Super Bowl or World Series type of atmosphere at each one. And I was going to make fun of that because, well, they've always done that. But now that paragraph looks quite brilliant, and not just because of the tour Live thing, But because they're going to actually play a legitimate tournament with a cut, with qualifiers, with with that that intangible we're talking about, plus the history, uh, the great venues, uh, all that. But this just makes the majors better and it's just endorsed live that much more. And you just think and again, okay, okay, for let's just pretend the WGC's didn't happen. Maybe you go into this with an open mind, but we had those (laughs) and we know there was something that just didn't add up. They weren't worth the investment and the prestige level they were given. They just they were missing something and we know what was missing a cut. A little bigger field etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It It's just, uh, I'm, I'm 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 just amazed. I'm, I'm just blown away.
1: I guess we could go on and on about
2: this. Yeah, the yeah, other the, the other, other things to rant. Well,
1: about. <laughs> the other point is, you know, that you've actually uh, codified that there's the, some events are, you know, much more important to us than, than other events. Though know, these these fulfilled events are going to struggle to find sponsors for those. I'd Oh, I would imagine. for sure. Uh, because. You know, you might have been able to fool Honda like they were getting a great, P- uh, you know, a PGA Tour event that was the same as every other PGA Tour event. Oh, well,
2: half the guys live there. Yes. Well, you, well you're going to be able to fill the event, but you're
1: not. You're not going to fool any. You're not going to fool any sp- potential sponsor. No. Now. Uh, you, you're going to have basically what you have is a glorified a Conferry tour event. I mean, yeah. you'll, you will have the 16 designated events, and then you will have whatever, let's say 20. Puerto Rico open events. I mean, that's really it. I mean, have you seen the field for that for the, for the for the event yeah. in Puerto Rico this week? It's it's astonishingly weak, and that's what you will have. And I would imagine if I'm a sponsor, I look at these events and I look at you know Mr. Puerto Rico t- Tourist Board and I am think, why the hell have they spent any money on this? It's a uh, it's a complete joke of an event. And well, go
2: on. Well, I was just going to say, and then what what will be interesting? and I'm assuming that they've had this conversation with Fred Ridley already, but the Masters really needs to rethink uh, in this this concept, um, giving a, a, an invitation to the Masters based on a tournament win, either, either winning one of these designated event models, one of the Dem events, or winning um, one of these off-week, you know, they've already – Kind of trimmed off the ones that don't give full FedEx Cup points, and they've been very kind to continue to give those. But these other organizations may have to look at these two things, and and I don't think they would take it away from the the Dem events, but from these uh, these alternate weeks or these non-designated weeks. Man, if they took that invitation away, then that just is one more thing. Yeah. That weakens those events.
1: Um, yeah.
2: Because because whether the tour likes it or not, that's just a huge, huge thing. You know, Chris Kirk got back into the Masters, winning that tournament last week, and of course the Masters loves it because you, it's it's a build up to that. But uh, it was a big part. You know, it's he's from Georgia. It was a that's a big deal for him to get back there and win that event, yeah. uh, among all, all the other things, the money and overcoming what he's overcome and blah blah blah. But uh they need to revisit that because yeah if you're gonna do this wow and then i we came and what this does to the dp world tour i mean there's just no sign in any of this did you do you see it not any any
1: sign that they're thinking of them well the only the one is i guess as i said at the start the john ram concession there's no mandatory participation in uh in these designated events which is just nuts i mean if you're gonna do this at least make the participation, man. Well, well, well if, if the point of it is we get all the great, the big players in the world together at the same time and and they don't actually, well, guess what? They don't actually have to be there. Because, yeah, I mean, good on John Ram for, I mean, he obviously spoke up quite strongly.
2: Well, sure he, uh, he did. Want, he wanted yeah. to go and
1: play, he wants to go and play in the Spanish Open. Of course he did. Right. He, I mean, it's great. It's a great part of his um, career, life. He goes yeah. to supports of, at uh, European tour events in Spain, as yeah. he should i giving right. giving stuff back, so that doesn't really make any sense. Just very very quickly, I'm not in the, the normally in the business of quoting Lee Westwood, but uh, he tweeted out this morning. Oh, he was on
2: a he was oh, on a, he was on the tear, as quote, the millennials would say, on a heater. Today. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: but but, <laughs> but quite right, you know. Quote: yeah. I, I spent the last year reading about how good full fields and cuts are. So that's one point. The other point, when Liv started to be made this, or somebody on our podcast probably made this point a couple of weeks back. But you know, it wasn't so long ago. All oh, this money so vulgar and grubby. This live money. Oh my good. Well, I guess the source of it uh, w- would be a point. But the other, the actual, the fact that it was so much money was grubby and really a bit unseemly. And lo and behold, here we are. It really is, uh, as we've said a couple of times already. It really is a, a mimic. It's an imitation of 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 the live setup. Uh, one vi- vi- very quick point as well. And um, so we now have a two-tier PGA tour. I do wonder um, what happens with the Corn Ferry Tour and what happens with the Corn Ferry sponsorship of that tour. I mean, I, I would imagine they will be pretty pissed off. As I say, there's all sorts of... I mean, that's just another uh, knock-on effect of this whole thing. So we have the TV, we have the sponsorships, we have other tours, we have the Masters exemptions. It's uh, It doesn't seem very well thought out to me.
2: Would you agree with that? Well, you know. yeah, and there's another... Element to this that uh, there's that uh, dates to Dean Beeman and they kind of use it as an excuse now, too, that God forbid you give more money to the the minor leaguers. And uh, and by the way, if you want to read some unbelievable stuff, see what see what lengths the the uh, Major League Baseball is going to circumvent minimum wage. (laughs) <laughs> uh, laws for paying minor leaguers in baseball. So the corn Ferry tour looks, you know, fantastic compared to those scoundrels. Uh, what an embarrassment they are. But, um, the, the, I, you know, again, all this money that's going to go to this, this, this stuff. And then again, you, and we know we don't want somebody to just make a living on the corn Ferry tour and be happy with that. You do want to incentivize um, them to get better, but you also need to allow them to make a living and because you've created a structure the pga tour where you make it basically mandatory to get to the tour from that tour okay instead of having a i mean i know we're gonna have five qualifying spots whatever but the the gist is they believe that if you play on that you'll be better prepared and it's a great way to you know you reach some different markets and it's a great way to build up you know, the concept of, of kind of a minor league system and it, 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 it's inclusive of the whole country and, and people get invested in a guy who won their corn ferry. All that's great. But if, if no more money can go to that and have a purse that it's respectable uh, and a guy can, you know, buy himself a nice dinner after he wins and not feel guilty about it. Well, then I mean, it's just all this stuff is, again, you're just shoveling money to people. Where there is no evidence that they make a difference yep. in who buys tickets or who watches. And I know that's rude, and I'm sorry that that some of these guys that, that would you know hurt their feelings to hear that. <laughs> but it's just a fact, and the numbers show this. There's one guy who moves the needle. <laughs> one guy. And, and he's b- semi-retired. B- and by the way, he—I I think I read somewhere. I
1: don't think it's codified in the letter, uh, but the, uh, basically, there's a tiger exemption. He could play. Well, well of he'll course be. A, there is. Yeah, of course there is. Well, <laughs> I think there's. Um, I think there's four sponsors invites. Uh, for every designated event could you imagine any sponsor not offering one of those invites to tiger so yeah he'll be as as he should be i mean he has created us listen we will move on I'm sure. Uh, yeah well
2: and just to transition kind of to where we're going i think i think i know where you're going to go with this but there's also just a again the 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 closed shop thing uh, is another intangible uh that that that's just such a beautiful thing about golf. You know, what's the, the best day of the U.S.? U.S. open final qualifying day. Yeah. Um, Q school, you know, the dream of the guy getting through Q school and they're bringing that back in some form. Great, but it's not to get an easy event. There's something when you start closing it off and it gets this clubby thing and this almost sort of Ponzi schemey sort of getting the top 50 eh, Uh, you know, we have this whole, again, the dreaded ecosystem word, um, that's really cool. That's, that's no other sport has. And, and you're just, once again, you're crapping on that because the guys who happen to be at the top right now want to essentially, uh, protect what they have, uh, in a way. And I just, man, that's, um, it's just it's it's just sad, and and Monahan probably knows all this. Uh, he knows enough about golf, but as you can tell by that quote in that letter, um, he's just he's just now doing the bidding of this group of guys and trying to keep his uh, fifteen million a year and, and uh, free ride steamboat in place. And I guess I don't blame him, but wow, there's just no no sense of a vision here. Of of a of a grasp of what makes this sport different than others, and seizing on that and embellishing that and protecting those, again they're intangible, and and I understand in our world that the bean counters uh, can't deal with intangibles.
1: The um I guess you've already mentioned the Honda at the weekend, which you just very, very quickly mentioned. Uh, that was, it was a crack and finish. Uh,
2: oh, that was not a wonder. I mean, which is the whole thing. I yeah. mean, what, I mean, both guys have been through a lot. You know, I left out Eric Cole, you know, and his mother, Laura Bosch. They lost a, uh, you know, she lost a son. He lost a brother. Not even a, it was last May. Uh, I mean, just all the stuff that went into their story, Dan Hicks and the guys did a great job, uh, setting that up. And, and, uh, And they hit good shots. You know, there wasn't – I don't know what Kirk – kirk was doing on 18 yeah <laughs> just...
1: well he's not he's not, not the first i remember tiger no hitting, yeah. no it's
2: every year at honda yeah. it's amazing you got the whole world to the left and they guys always hit it that way. Well, i just forget, amazing
1: i remember tiger was catching up on rory i can't maybe i can't remember how long ago and he hit a two iron it was you know six foot right of that pin on sunday and he tried to pretend that that's what it was even for yeah, yeah i mean just zero chance but it was a great finish actually we were watching me and uh, and, and our son were watching It was eric cole Turned out that now played in a Monday qualifier with Eric Cole. Oh really? <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh wow. Uh,
1: Eric Cole didn't. Put, apparently, I don't know. I mean, who cares? I think it was a Fortnite, and Eric Cole didn't put his card in because he didn't make it. So there you huh. go. Uh, but great. And the uh, Ryan Gerrard coming through the Monday qualifier. I I think it was four hundred fifty thousand dollars. You are right, Jeff. Um, it, 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 just these little intangibles, and it's, you think of the golf season as a big tapestry, and right. these are these are little stitchings, and when you go back and you think about, you know, you get to the end of the year, and you think, oh, God, remember that guy at the Honda? He can all yeah. the way through Monday qualifying. That yeah. kind of stuff is really, really cool. I did pull up some audience, uh, TV audience figures, because uh, w- uh, did you see any of Liv? I didn't
2: watch. it. Oh yeah, I oh, I, I tuned in. You know, my my local station actually carried it. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? I, I didn't even I didn't even look. I've, I've got
1: YouTube TV. I don't
2: believe the San Francisco CW, and I and I know the Sacramento did not because a reader of my newsletter uh, let me know they were airing some Zach Braff movie from 2006 on Sunday. Uh, they they decided to pay a royalty to uh, him and uh, Ben Affleck's brother instead of uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> instead of showing live. Um, yeah, and, and there were no, and the, the sponsor that Liv announced was not, there were no sign of them uh, whatsoever. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, visually, it, it's it got some good, uh, the, I like the graphics, I know not everybody does. And the the, the broadcast itself, very uh, solid, good sound, you know, all that stuff. But between the no cut and kind of the guys' shorts and shirts untucked, and, and then these announcers all... Like trying to hit on the one course reporter and out cute see the uh, the other one with a joke, uh, it's not a serious thing. You're not watching a serious competition really, and um, so it was painful.
1: The uh, uh, friend of the pod this week, James Corrigan, uh, the, the the legendary James Corrigan of the Telegraph, uh, he was down in my Mayakoba, so you'll get uh, we will give you a much more. Uh, uh, a fuller picture of, of what was going on down there and and as well as the kind of business side of uh, what's going on with Liv and the PG tour, etc, etc. Uh, the, the TV audience for Liv, was it, again, I don't begin to understand this, a point two, Jeff? Is that about 220,000 people or
2: something watched it on a Sunday afternoon? uh yeah 250 somewhere in there yeah, yeah it's so. a 0. 0.02 it's 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 basically what golf channel gets uh you know on the weekday of a uh, or maybe a weekend of a champions tour event these days um yeah uh, weekday of a fall event uh and weekend of a champions yeah it's terrible it's terrible and they didn't get to all the cw homes but uh, there was a lot going on too, and I mean college basketball. There were some unbelievable games. All these guys keep making shots from half court. Yeah, uh, you had the Honda, which was if you, I'm sure most people would go, who the hell are these people? But if you got a little of the story, it was it was pretty compelling. And uh, what else? There was uh, the the Fontana car race. There was there was you know there was a lot going on in sports. a Couple good NBA games. So, but still, like just nobody. Nobody wanted to watch that stuff.
1: The uh, well, there—that's that's the uh, Bay Hill this week. Um, so we'll leave that. Uh, we'll move on because we're running out of time, Jeff. I guess we should move on to our USGA section. Um, something of great interest to me: uh, the USGA announced last week a, a national development program. Uh, God, and I was—I was absolutely desperate to pull this apart, Jeff. <laughs> you know, because uh, you know, because my views on the structure of uh, youth golf and. Uh, United States or you know I've, I've stated them yeah I, I've countless times uh not impressed uh, and I didn't think the USG would have it within them uh to to, to organize something that would be uh would be progressive uh, enlightened and actually useful but lo and behold uh Heather let me hopefully I pronounce this correctly Heather Daly, Daly. Uh, Dono D'Onofrio, is that right D'Onofrio. donofrio okay uh, she's the uh, USGA's uh, head of development appointed last year unveiled a new scheme it really is uh it's f- phenomenal uh, it's going to launch this year actually there's going to be 50 well let's let me go through it um they're setting up national teams in the united states because it is really weird um this, the way that junior golf is structured in the united states is is a ridiculous and it's entirely set up uh in a way that only families with resources can navigate it right you, you really have to have. to a, a bottomless pit of money to 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 uh, usher your child through to if they want to be a college golfer or a professional golfer you, you, you from the ages of 12 to the age of till you get them to college at the age of you have six years of let's say thirty thousand dollars a year mm. um which is the way it was but anyway the usG have stepped in and announced this uh, program in which which will ultimately build, build uh it was based on the Swedish model This. Uh, you can see it in in, in college golf and in, in professional tours. Uh, Sweden, Denmark, um, Spain—they are producing more and more players, and it's simply because they have a national foundations, a national framework for supporting uh, young golfers. So USGA have based their model on that. Starts this year, they're they're identifying fifty kids this year. It'll grow to two hundred fifty next year, then five hundred. I think it's a thousand kids by twenty twenty seven will be in the program and if you're selected well a couple of things uh have a talent identification uh, identify uh, identification uh, process which seems to be quite democratic uh, democratic it's not a, you know it will be it's not like the Walker cup where it's a secret <laughs> where it's a secret you know so it's fed out to local junior uh, golf tours which is great so see where okay. we are in, in northern california that would be the jtnc Junior Tour in Northern California or the Junior Golf Association of Northern California. They will be feeding names and potential, um, p- potential, uh, you know, kids who who would be worthy of a place in this this uh, talent development program. And um, so that's really really good. And the benefit of that, it takes. It's also going to be means tested. So if you're twelve years old and you're pretty good and your family doesn't have resources right now, you're basically. You, you know you're screwed. Right. But but with this new program a kid will be identified and then they will be taken in under the umbrella uh, of the USGA given support, uh, help um financial support and all sorts of other support um which is really really wonderful uh, because it it broadens the talent pool. What we have now is just a bunch of kids come through this Monstrous. I'm going to use the word monstrous. Organization called the AGGA, American Junior Golf Association, which really is it's it's not a measure of how good you are at golf. It's a measure of how much money do your parents have. Right. And um, so it breaks their stranglehold on talent development, talent identification. It it, uh, it brings in financial support to, to those kids, those families who need it. I spoke to uh, the a father of one of the best. Well, one of the very, very best. Uh, junior golfers in the United States last week. He's a good pal of mine, and he, he, he was saying, "My God, <laughs> I wish we'd had just f- you know five or six years ago." Because they are yeah. not, they are not a, a wealthy family, and they have emptied their bank accounts over the last five or six years. And mm. um, so, f- for families like that, this will be um, this will be a just a godsend, really. Um, it, and I, I know the uh, United States produces the best uh, golfers in the world. Uh, you know, most of them come from the United States. But my goodness, once this Scheme gets in place, uh, the United States is going to be an absolute powerhouse. The rest of the world really better watch out because uh, the United oh, States. Oh yeah, because we're really
2: struggling right now on well, that front. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, but but, but really, uh, because as I say, this is going to broaden the talent pool. It's going to break the stranglehold of the AG, uh, the AGGA. Uh, it's going to uh, financial support. Uh, also, I was reading up this morning, Jeff. Once you are in this program, if you're a member of the US. Um, a national junior golf team or the u.s amateur team um or there's even going to be a, a young professional team which i think you're this this will happen in the future jeff you're going to see you see it with the australian kids they come through they turn pro and they're they're all they're all wearing the golf australia logos and um, mm-hmm. um, for for which I, I know of one young australian pro who gets a hundred thousand a year from golf australia to wow. h- help him develop his mm-hmm. uh, professional career and i think that will be the case um, once this USGA scheme gets uh, up and running, so anyway, well, well, sorry, well, go
2: what's on. your what's your sense of what the USGA gets out of this? Well,
1: what do they get? Well, I, I guess they get you know status. I guess from for themselves, uh, they I, they get a sense of pride in in producing these good players. I also, I guess, they get to. I mean, Mike Wan has turned up and, and, and looked at this and gone, oh, my goodness, this is absolutely preposterous that we don't have something like this. So I guess they're they're making up for for neglect. I mean, over the last few decades, uh, it really, I mean, that really is. It's just, uh, I mean, I don't think they get much out of it. They're just righting a wrong, as far as I can see. Mm. And, and they've done it in a, as I say, when this announcement dropped, I was desperate to try and pick holes in it. But, you know, you read up on it and you listen to what they've been saying, it seems... Uh, you know the USGA has a lot of money, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um But as a way of spending some of that this money, I, I think they couldn't do much better, really. So I, I I love it, and congratulations to the USGA.
2: There you go, Jeff. That's not something. No, I'm good. glad this is all on, on uh, recorded, <laughs> and will be uh, sent out on various RSS feeds so that we can relive this uh, uh, when you've when if if you change your mind. I hope you're right. No, I, I hope you're right. I just I asked that question because. Uh, as you know, uh, Frank Hannigan was a, a contributor to my blog and a, yeah. and a, a, a fascinating man, and he was uh, certainly of a of previous regime's view that the USGA was not there to be loved or to be make friends, but to, to do the rules of golf and to run tournaments. Uh, and govern the game, and that whenever they got in trouble, it was when they were trying to be loved. And so I'm just trying to understand well uh, the motive. Well, what, that's that's why I asked. Well, what what they but what they have done with this
1: scheme is they have, you know, they have made it possible for families with with fewer resources right. yeah. uh, to get access to the very best of training. Um, the only thing I saw, the ki- you know these kids, when they're coming through and they're getting a bit older and they're in the national team, they're going to get access to statistical programs to to help their game out. It's just, right. just a vision of all these 15-year-old kids looking at Decade oh, and holding it upside down and going, like, what the fuck is this? Um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that's not... I, again, well, they, they yeah. should I guess the USJ should not try and play God, but this really is righting a wrong. And the main point is broadening the talent pool... Giving resources to the people who need it. And I I don't see anything wrong with that at all.
2: No, I, I just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just see how it plays out. I, I, I get a little creepy uh, creeped out when there's sort of the, you know, we mention a player who's a member of the USGA family. Um, you know, what, 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 what does that mean? And, and that's always a little bit strange to me. Um, and and I guess ultimately I do feel like some of this is just to to make people more aware of what the USGA does, and 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 that's fine. Um, the problem is that there's been this opportunity, and now it's too late. Other people have have uh, taken the opportunity, but but if you really wanted to highlight what the USGA does, there were there were ways to 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 do that via helping golf facilities that were not well maintained or had issues and they are now involved in some of these things, trying to help with speed of play and, and there's some water usage and they're doing some amazing stuff, but there was an opportunity after Beth page, uh, and I'm a broken record here, but to have put all their resources together to continue that momentum and take these rundown facilities where things are affordable or where a youth on course is set up and where, uh, where these People who are, you know, maybe not economically able uh, would have had a place to practice and learn their game that was was better run and it was just better for the game. So um, the National Links Trust has kind of taken that that uh, and the USGA, again, is doing some great stuff on that front. And, and I'm I'm trying to get the word out whenever I see something. But I just am curious how this uh, fulfills that that need for them. But but. Uh, well, uh, Mike Juan knows uh, he's a pretty smart guy, and I think this is a way to get people to write checks, and and that'll probably lead us to our other topic. Uh, well, at some point here. Just,
1: before, <laughs> just sorry, just very quick. The other unintended consequence, or maybe it was an intended consequence, is that you build a bond between the player and you, your national uh, golf association, which may not particularly matter in the United States, but it does matter. Well, in, well, it does matter in a place like Spain. I mean, there's a reason right. John Ram goes back and supports golf in Spain because right. he he knows that you know i don't think his family were particularly uh, wealthy and you know he got lots of support from the the spanish golf federation and, and you know that has built a bond between him and uh, and and golf in spain and that's that's a good thing similarly in scotland i do know that a lot of the golf pros uh, from scotland came through up through the scottish golf uh, scottish golf are called these days and they they maintain links and try and help out on the margins with, with amateur golf in scotland so
2: you know. Okay, well then, on that front, let me ask you this, because we we know that uh, as we just discussed, the PGA Tour players are are driving home a model that keeps them here in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> uh, either the ones who are from here or the ones who like living here. Um, do you see anything in this that that broadens that that's doing something to to? Uh, I don't mean to be going to first T mode here, but to sort of broaden these kids who are a part of this. And, and is it just very golf focused? Because we know Jack Nicholas has spoken at length about, uh, you know, one of the real secrets to, to, he believes to his greatness was that he took golf off for a little while and he played other sports mm-hmm. and he, and you hear him, you know, you heard him on the Honda and you say whatever you want about some of, some of his interesting uh, thoughts on where our country's going. But, um, you know, there was a broad person there. He was, he yeah. was, he was giving you perspective on what the charity does, the children, the stories he's um, you know, he, he's uh, he's given back in a lot of different ways yeah. and he follows other things, sports. I just, I just, we, you know where I'm going. We have a lot of golf robots and I, I worry that these kinds of programs um, whether no matter where they're from, don't don't dispel that idea that that's uh something you 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 know that's a good thing yeah Uh, i I
1: don't i'm looking through the pillars of the uh the six key pillars here on uh on the website and there doesn't appear to uh, yeah uh, developing a rounded person does not appear to be one of the six
2: pillars yeah you kind of hope and and look we know that playing golf the people you meet the things you go through to go to a golf course and pay a green fee and play or whatever things like that all Tell, you, teach you life skills, which was always my problem with the first T. Is like that's why I love youth on course. You know that yeah. a kid gets a little stipend and they go and they go to the starters thing and they get paired with people and they they learn things and they meet. Uh, maybe they get paired with a couple of old guys who tell them some funny stories and they have a new sense of of older people or, or whatever it is. And, uh, or they deal with some horrible starter and it teach, it just prepares them for the real world. You know, <laughs> Amy Alcott here used to, one of the starters knew she wasn't old enough to be playing Rancho, but she was so good yeah. that he looked the other way and she still fondly remembers that person. And, um, I, so I just, you know, we just have so many golf, uh, yeah. robots that these things produce. And that's what um I, I love things that that are that's why i love youth on course because it's just yeah. we know that's just that you're just experiencing life and you're getting better at the game and yeah, it's a cool thing these courses do blah 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 all actually
1: that. i am not uh, you've actually found a flaw here right i mean there is a danger that you can produce even even more golf robots uh yeah very quickly i haven't checked this so I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be corrected but i don't think the USG gives any
2: money to youth on course which is preposterous. Uh, um, well, I'm you know, a- I, no, I I don't think that's correct. I believe I've read some things in the, um, okay. in the nine nineties that uh, they have, they, they have, and they support it. Okay. But, but that must—that's um, a relatively recent development. Not—not not a lot, but I mean yeah. they do support. They don't. They, yeah, no, and they and they've recognized it. I'm—I'm I'm positive. I've read it in the nine okay. nineties. Right.
1: Well, I'll look that up, and hopefully, if that's—if uh, it's not the case, then they certainly should give some money to youth on course. Here, uh, th- that's enough praise of the USGHF. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough! Oh, this crap! Uh, you spotted something, the week. I, I spotted as well. But I mean, the uh, what's it called? What's it? The, Keepers uh, of the Cup. There you go. Yeah,
2: it's, <laughs> so, it's cringe-worthy. Yeah.
1: Uh, so the USDA have decided to set up some scheme where wealthy donors can uh, uh, contribute to a, a minimum. I think it was a five hundred grand to a yeah endowment. 20 guys. F- yeah, twenty people. could uh, would and, be a woman. Uh, endowment fund that will. Um, maintain uh, or make sure the Walker cup continues in perpetuity and the Uh, Curtis cup. Yeah. And the Curtis cup. I'm sorry about that. Uh, And the Curtis cup. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Is there no, I mean, you all know this better than me. How much does the USGA have in the bank? And does it really need uh, to go courting money from multimillionaires
2: to support the Walker cup? I don't know. Well, That is the question they have over 700 million dollars uh in net net funds that are that are not um you know tied down they're they're in investments or whatever and some of that uh, several hundred million of that three i think it's around 300 350 uh was a lump sum from um that wonderful uh um, person rupert murdoch and his fine company for getting out of their tv deal and NBC just pays a prorated amount the rest of the contract. But um, so even if you lop that off, uh, they have a lot of money. And, and, and the reason that Eric Leacher and some people wanted them to accumulate that money was for a time when there was a year where the U.S. Open couldn't be played because of a pandemic or a war. And uh, the, that money didn't come in. Well, we've, we've gone through that. They came through the pandemic um, unbelievably uh, well. And so I'm trying to understand why that event needs to be endowed. I, I, You know, they mentioned Ryan Harrington has a great piece on it at GolfDigest.com. Um, and he talks about the $800,000 expense, which I believe is just travel and uniforms and uh, practice sessions and all that stuff. And that's not the, 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 tab, you know, the club has to raise a million bucks of any USGA amateur event to fund a bunch of different things. It may be a little less than a million for a senior amateur or something. Um, but, uh, in general, the clubs have to raise a, a significant amount of money to put the tournament on. And then, so this is saying that the Walker cup needs this and, and okay, fine. I, yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to question the numbers. what, what, Creep me out, Lawrence, is that that the these people get access to the players and the captain. And it's just kind of is is building on top of this just really creepy, bizarre, perverted thing where we have more and more people um of money wanting to to, to be around and and jock sniff essentially. And I I my late mother hated when I used that word in writing, and I apologize, but there's no other word for it. And and it's just you know, I mean, I just don't know how far. It doesn't feel like it's that far removed from from, from Donald Trump going in the in the um, the makeup room at the Miss Universe pageant, <laughs> or or you know, Joey going to the cockpit pit and having Captain Over ask him, you know, do you, you you ever hang around the locker room and you ever seen a grown man naked and you like gladiator movies? I mean, I, it's just like what I don't understand this thing and and. You know, my dad and I had a, a nice dinner with Bill Walton after a game use recently and and uh, about, about all this NIL stuff and these boosters who and look and they had boosters. There have always been boosters and people like that who want to be around it. But it feels like it's it's multiplied by a thousand of these people who want to be around it all. And and and, and it's it, I find it. So strange. And I said to Bill, I go, Bill, it's weird. I mean, like the, the idea that somebody calls up and goes, hey, we need this offensive lineman. Can you give, give, give us a hundred grand and, and make him support your uh, company or something? And and they go, sure. And, you know, and his answer to me was, well, Jeff, you know, we do have an income inequality issue in this country. <laughs> Okay, but that still doesn't explain it I mean yeah. I love I love sports Lawrence I love watching athletes do what they do and I admire and I love when we find out all the little stuff about the backstories and or the things they did with their equipment or whatever the hell it is I love all that but I don't need to go and I, I, I just I, it yeah. it's, I, can, well, I can't explain it I just can't explain so for the Walker Cup you know we're already having a hard enough time keeping these kids in school to, or as amateurs to play the thing. Uh, and I don't think many of these kids will, will be creeped out by it they won't know and well so I, I may not discourage, but it's just it's an it's odd to me that with all that money that this is the way they need to do it to raise money and um and that uh, yeah yeah I mean to have five hundred grand God what I would give to be able to give five hundred thousand to a cause that that really changes lives but um, that's that's a whole other. Topic, well, I guess.
1: My point was, was uh, I spend my whole life trying to get into, you know, grinding away my golf. The RNA? Oh, no. Well, no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But my point is that you know, I've grind my whole life as a junior golfer, and then you become a college golfer, and you you want to play in the in the Curtis Cup, and lo and behold, you make it. But why do you want to play in the Curtis Cup? Well, of course, you want to represent your country or your continent, or whatever it is. Uh, and you, but you want to play with your peers and your friends, and you want that to be a a pretty tight, you're always going to have the hangers on from the RNA and the USGA, but, but as a player, it's part of just you know, you want to play with your friends, your peers. This is it, this is what you've, you've you've strived for for your entire life. So you show up for the Curtis Cup or the Walker Cup, and then you've got to entertain
2: this random <laughs> multi millionaire. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just. And it'll probably build to them. Well, you're making great connections. So if the golf thing doesn't work out, you know, and it, so it may be that it may just well, be this whole kind of clubby old boys, you yeah, you, know, you, you'd be nice to him. He might, you might get to play with him in the seminal pro uh, members someday. But, Ooh, you know, I, I get that there's that world, but, but, but again, still- it, 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 it
1: just struck me as being, you know, the, pl- the players come last. You know they're yes. not. They're not even. You're not even asked. Do you want to entertain this random multi millionaire? Who's probably yeah. a great, good, nice guy. I'm sure he, whoever. Yeah, is,
2: yeah. I don't think but, any of these. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I'm not saying any of these are bad people. I just. I, I just find it peculiar. Yeah, <laughs> At, and, 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 and with the amount of money in the in the in the funds.
1: Yeah. So the point being, it really isn't. Nece- it really isn't necessary. It really isn't. I mean, I'm guessing the R and Well, they are. Well, the R&A might embarrass me next week, but I don't think the R&A will be uh, launching any kind of endowment scheme, uh, apart from anything else of there's, I don't think there's that many multimillionaires in GB and I who are willing to pony up. We're a bit, we're a bit tighter with our yeah. uh, with our money, Jeff. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was you know as usual the players come come last. Uh, well,
2: and it and it was mentioned in the in the piece that this was a way to raise awareness of what the USGA does again. And I just I guess I go back to imagine if the USGA restored, uh, help restore, rejuvenate, whatever the word is. <clears throat> a great public facility every two to three years, yeah. a la Beth Page. Not even having to have a tournament there, but just just changed the facility in a facility in a major market. I mean, look, at I've got a piece uh, that Rex Hoggard wrote. Rex, Rex just did a beautiful farewell to this Mel Reese in Miami. Really good public course. Eric Compton learned to play there. Uh, it was a big part of his life. Uh, it hosted a PGA Tour Latino America event. A green space in the middle of the city, and it's it's you know lost the fight because nobody in golf was really there to fight for it. Um, and it's gonna become a stupid David Beckham soccer stadium. And <laughs> you know, again, it's not it's hard to find the ta- it's hard to get that tangible thing that says that changes lives, that makes a difference, that shows what the USGA can do, but yet. We know it. Beth Page is still running great. It's still in great shape. The place is thriving. It was a disaster before they came in. And you just go, well, if you're really looking to raise awareness of who you are and what you do with the green section and all this other stuff. That is – and in the United States, we have so many of those things. And, you know, the RNA is doing it with the the, the facility in Glasgow. They're yeah. reimagining a place that was kind of lifeless and and dead. And and it's fascinating what they're doing there. And that will have a huge impact and huge. get people – and so the National Links Trust, if you look at the people who are lining up to give money to them, you're like, mm, yeah, USGA should have been on that. The, the, you know, Mike Kaiser, people like that or getting behind that thing because that is truly something tangible. I mean, if I had, again, 500 grand and, and there was a thing that would resurrect this a place and you know that kids go there and old, old guys go there and ladies learn the game there and giggle and feel comfortable and, um, and, and it's serving this, the community and it's, a, it's protecting it like Lions, Muni in Austin, you go like, that's, that's tangible. That's great stuff. I mean, just just getting the Walker Cup team better uniform. Yeah, you know, it's just weird.
1: Yeah. But by the way, eight hundred thousand to to run a Walker Cup team seems an extortionate amount of money. I'd love to see a breakdown of that. Somebody, my friend of mine, his father used to work in the the woolen mills in in Hawick in Scotland, and they made the sweaters for jumpers, we call them. For the Ryder Cup, and those were five grand each. Those sweaters.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, Peter Millard's now taking over for Ralph Lauren, and on the uniforms. I don't know if that number includes the actual. Like I said, what what the the impact is for the host facility. I don't. Yeah. It was not clear what that number entailed, but it sure sounded to me like it was just running running the the the, the team and you know having the practice events and. Flying some people around the country to scout players and all that. So yeah. anyway, um, so, but I I do think it's a conversation that needs to keep. You know, we just gotta keep having what what and to the to the point of the national program you're referring to, is we just this obsession with uh, building building up young people and and shaping them at a at a younger and younger in age when, especially in our sport where you peak a little later. I just it's very um, it's very odd to me. And then of course I guess the other thing Lawrence I gotta mention too is that, that you know the USGA has always it still got that and maybe this is what Mike Wan is trying to change and it wouldn't be the saddest thing in the world to see go. But it's a, it's got it always had that weird that weird old money, uh, you know, it's noble to play amateur golf. It's really not noble to turn professional and play as a pro thing. And (laughs) that, you know, that, that I don't want my son becoming a pro golfer. I want him selling insurance and, 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 and just that weird, uh, obsession with that, that the lifelong amateur is this sacred, sacred person. And the pro is somebody we, we, uh, we like you know, the general, the rev, they gen (laughs) one week a year, but then the rest of the time it's like, "Mm, they're basically prostitutes. And now a lot of that's gone away, but there's still elements of that, that mentality. And again, Mike may be recognizing that it really, you, you know, the course setup debacles, the other stuff, the players hate them. And so it could be as simple as just trying to change that perception of, of them as an old money, arrogant uh, uh, organization that looks down on everybody, but but those who uh, live a certain kind of uh, way.
1: Well, I, I think in 20 years' time we'll look at that uh, development uh, system, and and I think you will see that there's been a good thing. I don't, really, I
2: don't, agree I, don't I, I agree with you. I, I doubt there's anything that's that's negative that's going to come from it. I just I'm just curious to see what the motive and what the the the. But I agree with you. No, I think I, again, and man, if it changes that mentality and makes them less uh condescending towards towards those who dare to dream and and, and play uh as a professional uh, then that's fantastic yeah
1: right listen i guess that's uh any other business jeff i think we're probably- no i think we have a great <laughs> chat with uh, jamie let's let's get to it right Jamie corrigan uh golf uh golf correspondent uh, of the telegraph in london uh this week's friend of the pod take it away jamie friend of the pod, James Corrigan. How are you doing, James? I'm very well, Lawrence. Uh, back from Mexico, home in Wales. How is it?
0: Oh, it's lovely back in Wales. I've I had a bit of stomach trouble in Mexico, so and I'm just glad to be on, hope, be on home soil.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I was reading, actually somebody asked me what you meant when you said you had a bit of the Trotskys. Was that what you said on
0: Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said the Leons. So oh, the
1: Leons. That's, that's right. Anyway, here, uh, we called you up because uh, you were in Mayakoba last week, Mexico, the first event of Live. Um I don't know where to start. Actually, I should start probably with this. You got a, a ton of stories at the start of the week. Uh, Sergio complaining about Rory's immaturity. Polter saying you had an eating disorder. <laughs> Thomas Peters. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Peters uh, and getting dumped by, was that your story? Yeah, it was getting dumped no, by. No, it wasn't. Oh, no, was it, it wasn't. But 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 generally there was an astonishing. I mean, a long time veteran of going to events, you know, on a Monday and getting nothing before golf starts on a Thursday. Uh, It struck me that the players there were very very amenable to uh, the 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 media's needs. Uh, Did you did you get that impression?
0: Um, Well, they hadn't been really out for a couple of months, and they so I think they were quite itching to, you know, and there was a sort of feeling of first day of term and. It's quite a good good atmosphere there. Um yeah, um but the Garcia one was weird cause, um I, I sort of did something I don't like doing because he, he did a press conference and I journalists would just sneak up to them and get their own line after press conference. I've never really always thought that was a bit underhand. But what happened was I was just asking him. I, I was wondering I'm doing a piece about the thirteenth of Augusta. Yeah. You know, with a new tea and everything and I just wanted to ask get a few you know what they think what their fears were for the whole. And he was very good about it. So I, I called, you know, I, I just got him after the press conference and I was and he said, just walk with me. And so I was, we were talking about the 13th and everything, which he was very good about, you know, saying about his fears that they might ruin the essence of the whole and everything. And then we just started talking about, um, I don't know how we got on it. Oh, that's it. He, he's friends with a Spanish journalist, I know. So I just, he said something about him. and I said, oh, I saw him in Dubai. And then Sergio said, oh, yeah, he asked that question to Rory. And I'll just, you know, jog the memory. He, um, um, Alessandro, works for 10 Golf. He um, asked Rory whether whether there was any um, chance of, you know, Rory making up with Sergio or or the other way around or them rekindling their friendship. And he said, no way. And so uh, Sergio just then went off on, you know, saying that about Rory, you know, calling him immature. And I was sort of looking at him, I'm like, what? (laughs) I can't really believe you'll seeing him. But he was generally hurt, I think. You know, I think he is quite a passionate guy, Sergio. Um, and I think, you know, you could see that, that he's really upset about that him and Rory aren't mates anymore. And I um, thought, uh, so, you know, if you, if you take away the, um, you know, the immature line, which was stupid on his part, I think that's quite sad, really, isn't it? You know, when, when, you know, he was he was groomsman at... Um, Rory was groomsman at Sergio's wedding, you know, and they were, like, quite very close. And it seems to me, you know, that this has been one of the casualties of uh, of living. It's probably inevitable it's going to happen to some relationships.
1: Did, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to say it. I mean, I guess it's good he was chatting away to you, but did he not get the irony? I mean, that's
0: just amazing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I didn't. Uh, no, I don't think he did in a way. Although he did pause when he said it, but I didn't. <laughs> thing is he qualified it, he's right, he said I thought it was immature, yeah, lacking maturity. Sort of said it twice. And I thought, Oh, Sergio, what have we done? (laughs) You're gonna get pelters for this, mate. But you know, I suppose he's speaking in the second language and everything. We sometimes forget that, don't we? And um, but you know, just I don't like I know another thing I don't like is when we slag off sports people said, you know, being honest with us. Yeah. So, you know, we don't, we don't want that
1: to stop, do we? No, absolutely not. No, and, and a good good story and, I mean, it was very, uh, I mean, you don't need my uh, uh, my uh, compliments, but, I mean, it's very straight straight delivery and there and, you know, people can make of a, make a it what they want and they certainly did. Uh, yeah, other stories that were kicking around, I mean, I want to get on the mood. Uh, jump in whenever you want, Jack. The, uh, uh was that the there was no Netflix at Maiakov last week. No, none at all. That was a kind because of they've
0: been out of the PG Tour, haven't they? Yeah, well, they've been out. Know, they um, they're not going to do. They haven't asked to do any of the live events, and you know, well, mm. you know, the, the feeling is that PG Tour have said, "No, you're not doing any live events. You want to do hours, you just do hours alone." Which you know, it's just 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 another indication of their control, isn't it? And their paranoia. Um, you know, I I i don't have have you watched uh have you watched full swing oh uh,
1: we have yeah uh yeah yeah uh, yeah i mean it was
0: anyway, we it, wasn't, didn't, it wasn't i but it wasn't was one probably meant for us as insiders, but it was like um you know, I thought the best bits were live, and you know I thought you know to, to carry that on and see where it goes would have made sense, but you know they you know they i mean we know what the PG... gt we like to have the hand on the tiller, don't they and um you know so it seems as if um they were saying they're happy to accommodate them if they want to send their cameras, but it seems that's not going to happen this time. So it's just going to be very much from the PGA tour perspective.
2: And, uh, uh, Jamie, you uh, Lawrence was brought up the mood um, watching on television. Um, and I don't know how much of the, the golf you, you went out and watched, hmm. and I don't know how much that venue is a, a fair um, course to judge an event by because they were never going to have big crowds and, all that, yeah. but 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 it just <clears throat> there was just such a lack of urgency watching on television, um, and I'm curious if that was the case in person. And I'm I'm also curious because as we're recording this, um, Eamon Lynch has just reported in in Golf Week that the tour's uh, one of the key details of the new the new process of the PGA Tour is no cut and limited fields for these designated events, which is exact same issue of not creating a sense of urgency. And so I'm just wondering if that was the case there and what you think of that, that concept going forward, uh, for yeah, golf.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I do get that. It's, it's the old WGC feel, isn't it? Yeah. When Do you, you know what I mean? When you're there and there, there's no jeopardy whatsoever, is there? No. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely a feeling that like, the atmosphere was hard to judge. Cause like you said, they were never going to get the locals, um, spoke to Alan Shitton because he he's he's actually been to Mayakoba before tour event and he said the, the you know the crowd was about similar you know yeah. you just kind of get the holiday makers and so you know it's hard to judge like that I think you know when when we see it in Australia when they've obviously had you know they've had sold 60,000 tickets or something, there'll be a great atmosphere but I'm like you it's like there is no jeopardy because you know they're playing for three days aren't they and they're just there and there's and I, I've, I've I've seen them in Litch's story. which is a great story, but I think that's going to be similar, isn't it? In it's going to be these elevated events, just that old WGC ballroom we're here for four days, and a real lack of imagination in there. And you know, oh. and you know, they've just played into Liv's hands. I think. It's yeah. Just, you know, they've got their own clothes shop, now, haven't they? So
1: the, uh, amazing. J- just in general terms, Steve, again, obviously they've got the best foot forward. Uh, by the way, how many journalists were there? Uh, uh, I mean, I
0: think I saw maybe four bylines of uh, kind of quotes and quotes. Yeah, but there was, yeah, there there weren't that many. There uh, weren't that well, many. There was maybe six, six of us. But
2: yeah, was the robot there? Uh, Whose? the the press the press center robot that brings the drinks? Oh was no, it didn't, no, uh, God, no, they boy, didn't know. Oh, I couldn't get through customs, could it? <laughs> no,
0: well, they had problems with customs with uh, strips and everything, you know, uh, uniforms or whatever you call it over there, and um, oh. You know that there was quite a lot of that, yeah. So um I don't think the was it the four races or was it the fireballs? <laughs> they had to get there they had to make them up in um, L.A. and get them sent down and everything. Oh. You know there was a bit, and there were there were rumblings of disquiet. Uh, Some of the teams hadn't. Um, gone as far as other teams and getting their uniforms, and getting their brands stuck on bags and on water bottles and stuff. And there was, you know, a few rumours doing the rounds that they hadn't had the money up front that they would promise, and it was going to come in drips and drabs. Mm. But you know, it was very much first world problems. This <laughs> was, and they all got there, and they all looked very nice indeed on the first. Two well, months, except second C and all the tees
2: yeah except that they're banking so much on this team element, and Norman said selling merchandise, and you'd think they uh in the world today where people where where supply chains are better and i mean influencers yeah. have these these merchandise uh um just incredible uh rollouts and consistency and the whole you'd think they would have been a little better on that, but it is yeah, it yeah, is I'm sort pretty- of important to what they're doing. <laughs> And they were
0: saying that, that somebody was telling me in Thailand last year for, for the event down in Thailand, they actually had nothing in the merchants because they just couldn't get anything from customs. Sure. And so they were like sell it. They were selling off things like the beer mats and stuff. Just, but to get, and People just wanted to get their hands on anything. But, um, yeah, uh, I think, you know, they, they are very much having teething problems. Um, yeah. But, you know, that was probably always going to happen, wasn't it? Um, but, yeah, we've got Barstool. We've got... Um, they've got merch and the PGA, you know, that's um, players. That's the next players. the players. So, yeah. Yeah. The, um, so this is the way we
1: are going. Uh, to, <laughs> again, as I say, just overall, I mean, obviously they're going to put their best foot forward. Do you get in a, a, a sense of uh, overall morale within the, the whole structure? And Shipner wrote a really good story, really detailed story about the kind of finance, new financial arrangements. I'm not going to go through it all here, but people should go and read it. Uh, do you get a sense mm. that there might be a bit of, not cost cutting exactly but but you know what i mean a bit more um uh a bit more cognizant about the uh, the conspicuous uh consumption or conspicuous expenditure expenditure
0: yeah definitely because you know now the now the teams are paying for themselves to travel and the caddies to travel and there was you know one when one, one lot of caddies stayed in you know a Downmarket market hotel when they'd all be staying in the same hotels before and all traveling business this is the they've realized you know that this is um this is the way it is now well uh, lee westwood said you know there was uh, some teams got their head around it quicker than others and i think um you know the the english-based teams majestics you know they were pretty quick on the uptake but you know this is last year was it's, it seems like a bit of a dream for them all now, you know, especially the caddies and everything. They were treated like no, it's, but they're just going to go back to normal. Now, obviously, the, there's more money to be, you know, to get their percentage from. But yeah, it does. It does feel that. So definitely, there was a different feel to this time than last year, which was all a bit dreamlike and a bit, oh, you know, you can have whatever you want, and you know, money's, you know, you know, there's no limit on the money. You know, it's 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 got to, you know, if it's going to succeed, it's it's got to be run like a business, doesn't it? And there there was a sense of that there definitely.
1: And um, and yet again, hard to say. That's probably a crap question for you, but is there any sense of um, of how you can measure the Saudi? engagement are they still all in are these
0: again it's a difficult question. well you know you know it was no well it was it's an interesting point because um you know the, obviously um um Majid is not there anymore you know he was an ever-present at live you know he was the he's the charge of golf Saudi, and he was the managing director of live so obviously he stood down so he wasn't there um H. G., his excellency, they call him H. G. Yasser Al Romaine. He um he was in London for Newcastle United being in the you know, their first final. So he wasn't there. So you know, there wasn't a very good there wasn't much of a Saudi uh, Saudi feel at all. Um Greg kept himself I thought a very low profile. Um so yeah, that, that 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 did strike me. It it wasn't, you know, what you were used to seeing last year you weren't this year it's being run more like the the golfers were more to the fore um greg did a few interviews beforehand when he was you know saying uh saying you know a few you know a few things about rory but he was kept away from us um you know we all i'm sure we all asked you know to get interview time with him i certainly did and it was um not back not not rudely um but so yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, the, you know, this firm called Performance Fifty Four, which is, is run out of Britain. Um, they, they, those two, uh, the two guys in charge there, uh, Jed Moore and Gary Davidson, sat down with the press and gave us a briefing. That's where um, Alan got all that interesting stuff about, you know, the the finance, how it's going to work, and everything. But yeah, um, yeah, it seems it just seems a bit more low key at the at the top end.
1: Um, again, is that is do you get a sense if that was coincidence? or happenstance or actually a de- you know a deliberate mood change
0: again. Yeah, I think it's a deliberate mood change. I really do. I think they want Yeah, I think they they want to take the spotlight from that and put it on the golfers, which is probably the wise thing to do, isn't it? Um it's you know there there was a sense that look this has got to work and this is a serious first season last season wasn't that serious it was like they call it better or beta or whatever they call it. you know, this is actually serious and we've got to make this work and the golf's gotta you know, the, the golf's gotta be the star in this and um you know and, and that's when it gets that's that's when it gets difficult for them, isn't it? Because it is just golf and you know and and they they didn't get great ratings on US T V, so I've heard. And you know they've just got to grow now, and how they're going to do it. They told us, you, you know, there won't be any new. Well, even if there are new signers this year, they won't be playing till next year because there's no mechanism to allow them in. So you know, this has got to stand and fall on it, you know, as it is now.
2: Could you get any access to to players? I heard after you know, with the shotgun, it's a little bit of a, a mess when they come in off the course.
0: Yeah, yeah. Unless you know them, you can't really. You just got yeah. to chase after them, but. Yeah, it's not. That's the problem with the shotgun, because we all finish at the same time on different places. And, um, you know, there's you, these sort of mill arounds. I've never found it difficult, but, you know, you, you've got to have a sort of relationship with them. There's not, you know, the actual, um, if you just went there and it was your first golf event, you'd get very little, I'd imagine, because mm. you're, you're just going to get the people who are leading, and it's very difficult to peel off and, you know, just just to go and get them on your own. Mm. But yeah, I think that's probably one of the drawbacks of the, you know, the shotgun or, or for them one of the benefits of it. Yeah, I was going to say they play, love it. They? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Here, um, uh, do, um, I I guess the arbitration hearing is I've got I'm fascinated by this arbitration hearing and the mechanics of it. Uh, 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 Jamie, the arbitration hearing in London is done now, isn't it? When's the verdict due?
0: Yeah. Well, they they were initially told that it was going to be finished about 2 weeks ago three weeks ago. So it was initially going to, um, initially thought it was going to be two to three weeks. Well, now it's, I spoke to somebody at the tour the other day and now they're thinking it's going to be more two to three months. So, you know, we're probably looking at just after the masters and the weeks after the masters. And it doesn't really make much difference at the moment because the European tour, there's nothing really to play on at the moment or nothing they would play on. Um, you know, I think if it goes longer, if it goes into May or June, well, they've suddenly got chances to go and play in the um, things like the Italian Open. But you know, to be to be honest and to be frank, you know, the, the European Tour's a bit crap now until it's until Scotland really, and there's not that many great you know events to play in. So I don't I don't think I think it'll be done before you know we get any big events when Sergio and Rory might be showing the same values, apart from the majors, of course.
1: See, see I think people are. I think that's a game changer. This hearing, I and I don't think people yeah. are focused on it. It's a complete game changer. If if live wins that, you know, then it's I mean it just everything breaks down. Now I've got a, a, one question. I can't understand why the PGA Tour, who are pushing the court case in America as law as far out as they possibly can. I mean that court hearing won't be held till twenty twenty four. Meanwhile, the mm. whole ball game will be decided in Europe. You know, by by the mm. Masters. No, um, do you think Keith Pelly wants to lose this court this arbitration case?
0: Um, I don't think he actively wants to lose it, but I think there's. I think he realizes if he does lose it, they might offer a few. I think there's you know plus points to it if he did lose it. Um, I, I I can't you know when you, when you put these these new elevated events into it as well, I can't see how that works out well for the European Tour, um, and the fact you know that they are going to go down to 78 man fields you know they were hoping to get an elevated event maybe in scotland but well, the like, scottish open can't be a 78-man field the week before the week before the open you know the rank and file in the european tour go mad if that happens so it looks like you know the elevated events will just be in america won't it it won't be it won't be in in you know european tour country and and that just, and that makes me think, well, you know, suddenly if they have got Dustin and all of these, you know, players that they could play, then that, that's, that's, that's got to be good for the sponsors and everything. But he can't be actually, he can't be, Pelly can't be there, you know, Celebrating, can he? Because the PGA Tour go mental. I just don't see where the strategic alliance will be in these new elevated events mm. and that landscape going forward. It, it, it's just really confusing. It's because they've done it all on the hoof, haven't they? And they just they just reacted. They just reacted to Live, and now there's all these. You know, we, we, we get you know they get this news today from Emma Lynch, and that just makes you think. Well, where does this leave Europe? I spoke to one of the Live players just before I came on here, and they're saying, you know, that the the European tour is going to be screwed now more than it was before the players and, and you know they, they'll they'll look at this and say well what's what, what the point of the strategic alliance apart from the part from you know the five cards that they get to the you know to the cards you know that they get on the PG tour and now those cards is worth much now because you won't get access to the elevated events it's a, it's a real mess I think and you know there's, there's no actual plan is there it's just it's just reactionary at the moment.
1: Well, well, I'm I'm going to say Pele de- desperate to lose that arbitration. He's desperate.
0: To I lose wouldn't it. say desperate. I wouldn't say desperate. I don't think he's. I don't think he thinks like that. I don't think that that that's not his bag. He'll just he'll just take the plus points from it if he does. That's what I would say. I've I've spoken to him about it, and he doesn't come across as someone who's desperate. I think he's getting he's starting to get a bit of stick from some of his players though. So you know, either way, it could work out for him. Uh,
1: the other thing I. I, I, I... Why did Jay Monaghan allow or, you know, say that's fine, allow this case to go to arbitration? It just doesn't make any sense. And I wonder if Monaghan just made a monumental mistake and didn't really understand what was happening. It's
0: uh, Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think, I think it was, again, it was just, it was a rush move. So when he found out that the European tour were in discussions with the Saudis, he thought, I can't let that happen. Because we are going to have a serious rival, then we, PG tour is going to have a serious rival. So we didn't allow that happen, and it happened in a few phone calls. Saying, "Right, I'll buy some of your uh, media media arm. We'll call it a strategic alliance." You know, these things were just literally done. It was like back back of a pack packet pack stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, as yeah. we see over here, you know, it was like, and so the implications weren't clear. Obviously they didn't they didn't have time to do due diligence because it, it was happening so quickly and we were in the middle of a pandemic, don't forget. It was the perfect storm. And so now, you know, they realise, they quickly realise, well, the constitution of the European Tour is much different to that of the P G tour. You know, we have no real, um, well, we, we can ban them because they've broken our release requirements, but they didn't have the clause of the PG tour, you know, bringing the tour into disrepute and, you know, and working against the tour and all that. They did, and the and the legalities in Europe are much different, you know, different, the legal system different from that in America. And I think this all dawned on them as it was going along. And so, you know, in a way you can say, well, this wasn't planned. Well, it wasn't planned. That's why. Because it was done quickly in a very fast-moving situation, and an unprecedented time for the world and for business. So that's what we're left with. We're left with a mess.
1: Well, well, yeah. Again, if the European Tour uses it, loses the arbitration case, Monaghan will have a serious rival because there will be a. I mean, it will not be obviously a formal arrangement between Live and and the European Tour or the DP World Tour, but it will exist because you will have, yeah, you... it will exist because you will have these live guys. Well, apart from that, it circumnavigates the problems with the official golf rankings. Uh, and yeah. so it straight away undercuts yeah. that. Uh, and there will be an informal uh, uh, arrangement. Uh, I, I can't believe that Monaghan allowed, you know, the mechanism for this to be put in place by setting up this arbitration hearing. It's going to be, uh, I mean, I think that is the, the whole ballgame because if the European tour had pushed out the, the court case in Europe, to 2024 maybe the Saudis would have got bored and just given up by 2024 mm. which I guess is what the PGA Tour strategy is in the United States
0: yeah but you know I think I think Monaghan was powerless and he, he'd hate that I <laughs> think he was powerless in this thing because it's not on his turf is it and it's just not the way it's done over here so you know that that that's it it's that he's got he's got to deal with this. This is you know not not what he wants, but at least he's got you know at least he hasn't got the tour totally in cahoots with Liv because that would have been maybe a disaster for him. But uh, you know I think there's a lot of personal power games going on as well. They're all just trying to stay in position, aren't they? So you know I don't think any of them are thinking more than a few years down the head and what's good for the tour and what's bad for the tour. You know that can't be with these these. Um, you know these elevated events. That's, that's going to be. That's this is going to cause an absolute outrage. Now,
2: it? well, it almost makes you root for the European Tour uh, to, to, excuse me, the DP World Tour to to succeed in some form with this. As Lawrence says, I guess rooting for losing, but uh, because you mm-hmm. read this and it's been apparent all along that that whoever is driving this does not want to leave America very much. Uh, yeah. And the fact, I mean, Tiger gave some brilliant comments at Riviera about the importance yeah. of, of open events of, of I don't know if he actually d- mentioned field size directly, but cuts and and, mm. you know, invitations to an amateur like him that gave him an opportunity. And you think, oh, my gosh, so now you read this today, they're blowing off Tiger. They're not even listening to him. Um, uh, Unless he's not being honest with us and and behind the scenes, he's all for the WGC model. But I I can't fathom that he would give those comments if he didn't really believe or or that he hadn't stepped back and looked at it. and went, yeah, we we can't repeat the WGC model. So, I mean, it sets up a scenario where I think the rest of the world's going to kind of this is just not going to be positive for the tour. I mean, they're not even right. making an attempt to you know, weave in the Genesis Scottish open, which is a great mm-hmm. sponsor here of our event. Uh, it's just, yeah, you know, I mean, how the Italian open, how they didn't try to do something with that. I, it just is, uh, it's, they just don't want well, to leave the United be. States. And who, who, like who, who, who has the star power beyond Rory uh, that, to, to, mm-hmm. to really for anybody to care what they uh, have to, they
0: have being, to say and think, but if you think Tiger Woods is uh, the stat he's proudest of is his number of made cuts, and suddenly that's not going to, you know, these players, these players might not have to play apart from the majors in mm-hmm. an event that's got a cut, and that is, you know, that's. That's the first two days of the tournament. that just essentially made boring. Now we're going to be watching people on Sunday who are thirty shots behind or something. Yeah, just as we used to in the WGC, and it was yeah. tedious, wasn't horrible. it? Horrible, horrible. It's it's terrible, and it, it, it just the if you talk about you know, I like, going to be golf's lost all its integrity anyway. But the integrity of the competition is. It's just, it's just, they're just throwing that away. Yeah. And just so what? Just so a bunch of guys who might have gone to live haven't gone to live. And just yeah. so we can give them enough money to make them, you know,
2: happy and say, right, so you won't, won't
0: even have to make a cut. If you're that good, go and make the bloody cut. It's
2: not yeah. difficult. Uh, here, it's Jay- just appalling. It really is. Uh,
1: Jamie, I'm conscious that we've kept you on for longer than I promised. So uh, just before you go, I uh, just want to ask you, uh, you've had a brilliant uh brilliant campaign on this whole story. Are you still rooting for the story? or I mean, it is a phenomenal story. Just to the layperson, you know, can you explain, you know, as a journalist, it's phenomenal, isn't it?
0: Oh, it's been incredible, you know, and it keeps on giving because it takes you off on shoots that you don't imagine, you know. It's, it's whatever else you say about Liv, you, nobody can deny the effect it's had on golf. It's absolutely blown the landscape asunder. It's incredible. And, you know, we're just talking about that story then and there'll be more offshoots about that. And now we've got the majors to look forward to when, uh, you know, the live players will be there. And you can imagine if Sergio got drawn with Rory. And, you know, there's all of this. And, you know, and, and golf seems, you know, everybody's saying, you know, golf's in a bad place. Or, well, yeah, but it's never been mentioned as much, you know. And we'll probably find out if... There is no such thing as bad publicity. And now some of some of these things are upsetting as a golf fan, but as a journalist, it's been absolutely sent from heaven.
2: Yeah, I do have one. I don't. I have one last thing because Lawrence predicted this early on. With and and forgive me, I just know nothing about. Uh, football, but Newcastle. Uh, the New York Times had a big blowout piece about basically, you know, uh, all's for, everything's great. We we don't even remember who owns the team. Basically, they're spending money, they're trying, and Lawrence predicted it would take about two weeks, and you were you were correct. Um, what what? Just last thing, what is your sense? Uh, either through your your readership, your editors, um, just on that side of the pond, about is there any fatigue factor with? with this, or is there any sport washing success with this that, that it's kind of like, yeah, whatever they're, they're doing their thing and it's a tour and, uh, who cares? Is there any of that? Or is there still attention? tension? Oh, there? Definitely.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some of that, especially on my pick, which is quite right wing. Um, yeah, there's definitely some of that, but I tell you what, it's still doing incredible. When you talk about editors, it's still doing incredible figures. It's driving, basically driving a lot of traffic and everything. You put live in the intro and it's a bit like the tiger effect. But suddenly you're going to get a load of readers yeah. to it, and people are fascinated by it still. Um, the sports washing—it's always going to happen, especially when we've had Qatar, Newcastle, F1, the boxing was down here. There was that you know an awful fight between Tommy Fury and Jake Paul or whoever he is. You know that was in Saudi. You know they—they they know what they're doing. These people, don't they? They didn't—they <laughs> didn't set up not knowing what they were doing, and it will become normalised. And that's terrible in a way. You know it? it's terrible in so many different ways. But you know, sport let you know, ladies and golfers laid on its back and you know let them rub their tummy and you know that's what you know that's what we have to deal with now, isn't it? Because that's what's happened and you know we should have, we should always open our eyes to that. We are being used. Sport is being used. Yeah.
1: Anyway, Jamie, uh, great to talk to you, pal. Uh, go and have a well uh, earned rest before you go off to the players next week. Um, uh, good to talk to you, pal. All the best.
2: Great. Have to keep, take care, pal. And do pick me up one of those hoodies in the player's shop that you mentioned. I want one, please.
0: I well, want those bar yeah. <laughs> yeah, he? yeah,
2: please. I know, you can get
0: on so well, you and Barstool.
2: Yep, yeah, and we're tight. Dan,
0: Dan Rappaport, I'll just, he'll probably have 50 on his desk, won't he? So. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> That's they, right, he should be giving them out to fellow media members. My course he yeah. We're all in this together. <laughs> Enjoy Panavidra. Yeah, I will, mate.
0: you It's a